2: show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender Ed, blender hd if you want to follow me on twitter and it's friday friday june 10th so you know what we do on fridays it's fighting fridays we're fighting each other on fridays maybe we are are we are we fighting each other in the youtube chat i have no idea suki singh here early as usual hog lawrence here as well good morning hit the thumbs up button on your way in the door helps us out Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. If You're coming here for baseball stuff. We got Grinders live later today. We got crunch time. We got a FanDuel strategy video for premium members. If you want to subscribe to Roto-Grinders Premium, I would I would suggest you do the combo premium package. Because you get baseball, you get MLB. You get basketball, you get NBA. You get uh, golf, PGA. You get to play PGA. You get MMA right? You get MMA. I uh, We recorded a two-hour podcast, the Ground and Pound podcast, and that's behind the paywall, Roto Grinders Premium. The expert survey for MMA should be coming out uh, later today. We got some uh, uh, MMA projections. We got to change some of the ownership. One of the fights got canceled. Uh, so, so subscribe to Roto Grinders Combo Premium. Click on that link in the description, and you get $10 off your first month. But like I mentioned, uh, the Manel Cop Rogerio Bontarin fight has been has been scrapped uh, Bonturin, uh was four and a half pounds from making weight and then had to go to the hospital uh, I don't think he should be cutting to 125 he probably should be fighting at 135 and now that fight is off so now we're down to an 11 fight card and the less fights that get that that go down the less I like like the slates right the less uniques the less du- the more duplication there there tends to be Less options. Now there's only 22 fighters to choose from. Obviously, they'll be sub like 1% on some of the, the two canceled fights, right? You'll see 0.4% on It's okay. So there's a l- little bit of rake reduction. People forget to change their lineups or whatever. But now cop was uh, 9,200 and Bonturine was 7,000. So now that creates an even bigger gap between Valentina Shevchenko at 9,600 and the next price fighter at 9,100. There's a $500 gap right there so uh if you're rostering shevchenko i mentioned this on on the podcast okay because it's going to be a talking point around around the the mma community dfs community about shevchenko okay for five hundred dollars more obviously that that curtails your lineup a little bit because you're paying a lot for shevchenko uh is she gonna score enough points okay she's obviously she's in a five-round fight she's in the co-main event Right? Five round. There's two five rounders on this slate. Uh she's a minus five fifty favorite. I didn't update the odds for today, but I don't think anything has dramatically changed. Uh I, I did last night. Uh minus uh, 85% win probability, 43% inside the distance within five rounds, 19% in the first round. Uh her her metrics, she she's not just a striker. She grapples, she does everything. Okay. So if this fight goes five rounds. And she wins. She probably puts up a hundred plus points right now. People will make make a, a point to say that Tyler Santos is much more physical than her past uh, than uh, Shevchenko's past co- couple of opponents. But Santos's strength of schedule is a little bit suspect. You know, beating Wood, beating what Jillian Robertson, Molly McCann, uh, Mataferi. Like it's not. It's, it's okay. You, the people on the down the down swings of their career. And Shevchenko is a humongous step up. I mean, she's arguably the greatest pound-for-pound fighter in women's MMA history. Uh, so the likelihood, if Shevchenko wins, she probably puts up 100-plus points, okay? She probably does. Now, you're going to be like, well, she has to beat out Choi. She has to beat out Allen. She has to beat out Jerry, right? The, the guys right underneath her for much less, right? Choi's 9,100, Allen's 9,000. Jury's eighty nine hundred. Jerry's the favorite in the in the main event, five rounder. But that fight, I, I'm not sure it goes past round two, right? I think the, I think either Jury knocks out Glover or Glover uh, that implements takedowns, gets him down on the ground within the first two rounds and submits him. It's gonna be one of the two. Probably doesn't last five rounds. But most likely that that Glover fight, the winner puts up hundred about a hundred in those also. <coughs> now people will say, well, if Choi puts up, let's say Shevchenko only puts up 105 or something like that, 105. And then Choi puts up 110 or Allen puts up 110. Jerry puts up 110, something like that. On an 11 fight card, especially now that we got copped on also at 9,200, it all depends on what the underdogs do on this slate. Now, I like, I love these types of slates where outside of that Shevchenko-Santos fight, These fights are much closer than, we we don't have multiple minus 400, minus 500 fights. We don't have a minus 1,200. We don't have like Romanoff on that slate, minus 1,800 or something like that. So even Brendan Allen, the next biggest favorite currently at a 75% win probability, right? So his opponent is Malcoon down here at plus 250. But I mean, look, like Koulibau is plus 190. Whenever I see like a one, a plus one, Like, those are close enough fights. Those are two to one, you know, 66-33 types of fights. And we, most, other than the Shevchenko fight, pretty much all of them are that. Can you really trust Brendan Allen? Yeah, he's a minus 300 favorite, but I wouldn't be shocked if Malcoon won spamming takedowns. So it's like all these other fights in the, in outside of the Shevchenko fight, I could see the, I could see the dog winning. Right. I, I, I have in my expert survey on this slate that uh, there's a good there's a good likelihood that there are four plus underdogs that win on this slate. Now, whether or not they put up a lot of points, that's a different story. But it it I could I could see MEF beating Madalena wrestling. I could see Kang wrestling and not getting knocked out by Dana. Ma Shate is kind of, you know, Steve Garcia is no no one to trust. So my shot, they could win, knockout something like that. Jake Matthews, you know, could take Fiallo down. Ling Ling Liang Na possibly should be the favorite in this fight against Silvana Gomez juarez Pasqual and, and I mean Edwards is nothing to, to write home about, and Pasqual not a good fighter, but she has takedowns. Uh, Ioana is a former champion, and obviously you Io- want Weili could be a very close fight. Uh, Glover could obviously you know take Jerry down and submit him. Malkoon spam takedowns against Allen. Kulabau has enough durability maybe and, and punching power maybe and he could possibly knock out Choi. Uh, I mean, I can, I can see a lot of underdogs winning on this slate. Now on a slate where not many under, if, you, if, if you're on the other side of the spectrum, if you go, I'm not sure if there's any dogs that win, then it's more concerning about what Shevchenko's score is going to be. Okay. So under, understand that. Okay. So if we don't have any, let's say, for instance, no under, one underdog wins. We got one. Liang Nao is the only underdog that wins. Now, the only way to get like 600 plus points in your lineup is you want six winners, the six highest, you know, the highest scoring winners. So in order to get Na in your lineup and then five favorites, you probably don't, you can't use Shevchenko. So Shevchenko. Doesn't beat out Joy, Allen, Jerry, you know, people underneath them. She ain't making the optimal lineup in a situation where only one dog wins. I mean, we could even run them, right? Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's run it. I'm going to take out and that's, let's use that exact situation. I'm going to take out all the dogs other than the not to use that as an example. I'm going to use Glover as an example because anyone is an example, but let's just say not. I think she's going to be a popular, popular underdog play. Okay, and then we try to make lineups with Nah there. So let's see, can we make can we make a ton? I'm going to put 300. Uh, Build. I don't even think we can make that many. If a lot Nah is the lowest scoring. Right, you can't even you can't even fit you can't even fit Shevchenko in, right? That's too cheap, right? That that's uh, you know like who's the highest price guy you can even fit in? Brendan Allen, one lineup. Okay, so this this is a perfect example of like Shevchenko can't fit into these lineups. Let's just say, let's say that that uh, Glover. So he's cheaper, seventy three hundred, right? So we're gonna take out Nah. Okay, and let's see what combinations. If he was the only underdog that won, I'm going to start trying to build lineups. 30 lineups. Only 30 lineups exist like that, and Shevchenko's in none of them. Oh, I also have Cop in there. Okay, I got to get, get rid of... Uh, guy, okay, we got to get rid of him. So that's two less lineups. So it should be 28 lineups. Yeah, here we go. 28 combinations. None of them with Shevchenko, right? The high you get, four Choi lineups. So it's very hard. Can Shevchenko be in a lineup with only one underdog? Let's do it this way. Let's use groups to experiment, okay? So I'm going to take out Cop, take out Fontaine for now. And I'm, I'm going to make a group with all the dogs, okay, to make this a little, a little bit easier on ourselves. Well, let me get this uh, on this, my other screen. Okay, so I'm going ma- to make it just to make a group with all the dogs. Right, even even Emiev, who's you know eight thousand or whatever. Emiev, Kang, There's Kang? What happened? Young Ho Kang. He should be in there, right? Young Ho Kang. Young, okay, that's better than Kang. Uh, Kang Ma Shate, Jake Matthews, Liang Na. Ramona, Ramona, Pasquale, Ioana, Ioana, Glover, Malcoon, Kulabao, and Santos. Okay. So let's say, I'm just going to say, use exactly one, right, of these players. Just one underdog in your lineup. Okay. How many lineups exist with one underdog that has Shevchenko in it. A lot, lock, lock Shevchenko. Not Like none. Because <laughs> you can't play Santos. Right, so even with Koulibau, let, let, let me just take a look. Can you play, let's see, Shevchenko? I mean, it's kind of weird that I can't make any. I don't know if this is a lineup HQ error. So let's say you have Koulibau as your only, yeah, yeah, you can't do this. Right, because all the favorites would be Della, uh, Dana, 8400, yeah, you'd be $100 short. When you can play MEev in this lineup, I mean, that's, that's the second underdog. But yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible. I mean, essentially, yeah, you'd have to stack with Santos. So on a slate where only one underdog wins, Shevchenko, it's quite possible Shevchenko, even with 130 points, doesn't even make the optimal. On a slate where only one dog wins. So let's do two now. Okay, so I'm going to lock Shevchenko in. I'm going go to go back to my player groups. And I'm going to say, you know, two, two dogs, right? Exactly two. But two dogs win. Now, I don't know what their scores are, right? It, I mean, that, that may matter. But let's, let's run lineups now with Shevchenko in and two dogs. We're gonna get a plenty. We're gonna get a, a bunch of lineups. But what do these lineups look like? Most are gonna spend a lot of most of the salary. Also, we had our salary minimum as as nothing, so so we could we can leave tons of money on the table. But exactly two dogs. This is going to run about 300 lineups. I think there there should be more combinations of that. But a lot of these lineups are going to have two very low dogs. Okay, so let's run 300. We got 300 run. It's going to pop out. Okay. So we take a look at salary high and low. Let's see. Salary high to low. Okay. So here we go. We got... Shevchenko, Edwards, Gomez, juarez Pialio, then Joanna and Malkun in this lineup. So you're getting a lot of mid range. So you pretty much can't use like Emiev, You're barely getting as the, as the second underdog. You're barely getting any Ch- Choi or Allen. Right. It's very hard to play Shevchenko and then another 9K fighter. Well, let's look at these jury lineups. Okay. Valentina, Jerry, Steve Garcia, Della Madalena, like don't play that this is a dupe lineup. This is going to be duped a million times. A million or whatever. But that's what I would suggest. You know, people, essentially the two main event, if you're playing two main event fighters, especially Valentina plus Jerry, you're dramatically decreasing the amount of combinations that are available. And then especially when you put in a 40% don't Steve Garcia and a 20 to 30%, 30 plus percent don't Della Madalena, like if we could take a look on the combo calculator, Right, we go in the combo calculator now. What, let's, let's take a look at that. So if we wanted to play these these fighters, let's say we wanted to lock in Shevchenko, Yuri, Steve Garcia, and Della Maddalena. Like you have 7450. How many combos? I mean, this is this is stupid. Like, how many combos could there possibly be? 10 there's 10 combos of, of those fighters and if we just even i think della madelaine is going to be higher than 25 percent on but even if we just go by this 49 46 41 25 49 46 41 25 and we have 10 combinations like look how much what's the average dupes in the in the large field gpp 76 do not play this line. this combination could could encapsulate 2% of all the entries in the contest. Now, can you play this type of lineup possibly in the 555? Yes. It's a very chalky lineup, but you still can. These are the things that you should be, you should be concerned yourself about on an 11 fight card, more than who's going to win the fights. What combinations do I not use? Those one, uh, those one underdog type of lineups, I'm not sure if there's any that are, that are going to be unique. Unless you're st- unless it's a weird, like a fight stack type of thing that, that barely anyone does. But even if you play, let's say we take away D- Matt, Matt, uh, Della Maddalena, and we just have the top three. 49, 46, 41, these three. How many combinations? The average remaining salary is only 7,700. So I'm not even sure that we can even build 300 combinations of that. We just have those, those three fighters up here. Let's see what combination. That, that could be about 9% of the total contest entrance. 26 combinations. This is even with leaving money on the table. Like, look, here's a 49-4 line. Because you can't leave how much money can you leave on the table. You're spending a lot of it up top. So 26 lineups. Right? We put in 26 combinations. Average dupes, 117. So to me, this is a recipe for if you, especially if you're playing large field GPPs to just put Valentina Shevchenko, Yuri Prashavska and Steve Garcia in a group and say max two. I mean, you could do max one, but definitely max two. I think, look look how many combinations, there's only 26 combinations available when you have these three fighters in your line. Like, look, even in the 555, you're most likely gonna be duped once. That's only a 400 person contest. So I would scrap this, this combination in, in pretty much in any in any contest, other than you know, cash games, sure. That would be the combination you play in double, right? Don't play a cash lineup in GPPs So that's what I like doing. It's not necessarily like who, who's underowned, who's overowned, like on my sheet the first, one of the first things I do, especially uh, you know Friday night, Saturday morning. Is just go through the combinations that I should be avoiding. Those high-owned combinations. So Chevchenko, Przhevskaya, Przhevsk, whatever. Jerry, Steve Garcia. But you see that if not many underdogs win, Chevchenko needs to put up a godly amount of points to be optimal. Now let's think of it the other way around, and this is what I mentioned on the Ground and Pound podcast what happens if a lot of underdogs win okay let's say four underdogs win and put up a score that decent enough right so let's go back to player groups and let's force in four underdogs okay now obviously you can make a lot more lineups with four underdogs because you're leaving money on the table a lot so if i'm going to run four underdog lineups let's let's uh Okay, the median. Shevchenko's median projection is the highest, and it's and it should. Okay, so we're going to run three hundred lineups, and we're forcing in four on underdogs. Okay, so even at the at the worst case scenario, like if we just played the four highest priced dogs, we would still have ninety three hundred remain. If we're playing the four highest priced dogs, you could still play Shevchenko and Allen in that lineup. You couldn't play Shevchenko and Choi. That's the only combination that you couldn't play, right? So the fact that you can play Shevchenko even with the four highest priced dogs means that any lineup with four dogs in it, other than this one with Choi, you could fit Valentina. right? You're not going to be locked out. So look what happens when we do that. Okay, so we're forcing in four dogs into our lines, And I'm going to build 300 and let it run. If you have any questions, feel free to type them in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. I know Swalf Dab is here. No Swalf Dab. On Fridays, we talk about MMA, UFC, DFS on this show. You can find out everything you want about MLB later today on Grinders Live. Crunch Time, which is free, presented by FanDuel. Obviously, you subscribe to Roto-Grinders Premium. You get all the projections and all. The cheese is good, right? is million-dollar musings. You get the grind down. You get everything. You get everything you want. So if, you want the, if you want the baseball stuff, especially this early, I would suggest subscribing to Roto-Grinders Combo Premium or just baseball premium. This is, this is kind of like the free MMA content. Okay, so look. I ran 300 lineups. Forcing in four dogs. Valentina comes up in 94% of the lineups. Okay? And if we take a look at the... Okay, I I sorted by... I don't want just the Prochaska lineups. Go by salary, high to low. There's only two $50,000 lineups that exist like this. Right? All these lineups leave money on the table. Right, so I built 300 lineups. Only two use the entire salary, even though they still contain Valentina Shevchenko. And then we have the lowest lineups out of the top 300, at least. Leaves 2,500 on the table. That's Santos in it. Santos, Pasquale, let's see. Can we find ones? Here's one. Leaves 2,100 on the table. Has two main event fighters, Valentina Shevchenko and Glover Teixeira. Steve Garcia, Ho Kang, Pasquale, Malkoon. Based on the inside the distance lines, I can't put it past, I, this lineup leaves at least 2100 on the table and I don't think this is a crazy lineup. This really isn't, a, it really isn't. If you told me that this was the optimal lineup and all these guys, you know, put up a hundred points. I, I, I would not be shocked at all. And it includes a $9,600 fighter. Because all Valentina, in the case where there are three plus underdogs, but definitely four plus, in the case there are four plus underdogs that win, all Valentina needs to do is put up a top three score. In raw points. That's it. With three dogs winning, top three could be fine. Top two would be better. She doesn't have to put up The highest score. People are gonna say, oh, she's gonna have to put up the highest score. No, she doesn't. Just in raw points, she may be fine. So let's say, for instance, Choi puts up, like out of out of these, out of these four, we'll go by the top four. Shevchenko puts up uh the third highest score out of these out of these four. Or let's just she puts up the she beats out two of these. So let's say Jiri puts up 105, Allen puts up 112 against Malkoon, Choi puts up like 98 and doesn't matter. And Shevchenko puts up 107, right? So Shevchenko beats out Prashaska, doesn't beat out Allen, but then what happens if Liang Na has 110 points? What happens if Jake Matthews has 100 points? What happens if Prashaska doesn't win? What happens if Glover wins? So now that knocks out one of these guys. So Shevchenko could have the second or third highest score, but she's in the top six of scoring. So as long as she's in the top six of score, you're going to just need her raw points. Because the winning lineup is going to leave money on the table anyway. So the extra $500 ain't going to matter if underdogs win and Valentina is at least in the, is in the top six scores. She's going to be the optimal lineup. If you get, if if three to four underdogs make the optimal lineup for the hundred plus score, you're going to want the highest raw points for the rest of your lineup. And the likelihood of Valentina putting up the highest raw points on this slate, especially now that cops has gone, so it removes one other favorite, is very high. So now, if you're building lineups with only one dog, only two dogs. Yeah, I I could see the the logic of, like, she really needs to significantly beat out Choi, Alan, Jerry, and all the people below her. But in the case where underdogs win a lot on this slate, Valentina could have 103 points and still make the optimal lineup as long as she's a top six fighter on the slate. There's only 11 fights. This is a 15-fight card. That'd be different. But what are the chances of Valentina being a top six scorer on an 11-fight card? Pretty high, regardless of the salary. I just want to highlight that. Now, of course, on the Grinder Punk podcast, Liam has an even you know one hell of a take. He's he's better than Santos on the fight. you, know, you could watch you go go watch that. Uh, he thinks the the line should be but not as wide as it is with with Shevchenko. But if all the metrics and all the all the betting lines are concerned, Shevchenko is 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 the best raw point play on this slate. Grant Brown asked, do you mind showing, discussing how you're simming MMA outcomes? I heard you mention it a few times that I haven't sat down to build it yet. Uh, I can't show it to you because I do pretty much set it all up manually. I am awful in Excel, okay? Now, I'm better than the average person. I have to do everything. I have to cut and paste and do things, man. It takes me a long time. I don't sim each slate out. I don't because it would take too long for me to do. It's something that every, you know, two months or something, I'll go back. I'll have the CSV from a previous slate and go, okay, let me put this all together, right? And it could take me three to four hours just to put together in order to simulate something and typically something I screwed up somewhere. And then it takes me three or four hours to fix that, to figure out what's wrong. Why these results aren't coming out correct. So there's there's no way for me to show it. I all I do is I do experiments. I don't sim out slates. So I, I do an expe- I do an experiment of uh, you know, the, the RO based on certain static scores, you know, depending on the odds, the probability based on the closing line odds. I add a modifier for the projection, you know, on deci- this person in decision wins scores a little bit more than others. Then I have like what are the pay? What's first place and what's the split of it? And then I just run the lineups based on those probabilities. And then I could see the buckets. I could see users. I could just do it by user. Take someone else's 150 lineups. I could remove my 150 lineups and replace that with whatever. I could recreate lineups and then just run it through and then see what I find. So I'm not in. I'm not. I'm not simulating like slates like, like. Today's like for tomorrow's card, it would take me too long to do. Take me, it would take anyone else probably much much shorter. But me, I have to cut and paste. I have seventeen sheets. I'm cross referencing stuff, and then the the cell numbers change, so I have to manually change all that. It's it's off. It's off. That's why I only do it every every so often, just to experiment. I'll take the past couple of cards and go. Okay, you now running this, running that. What what what's the simulated ROI based on my Awful methodology to begin with. It's very flawed. So I'm not I'm not separating fighters into buckets of outcomes. I'm just doing it purely based on the betting lines. And then I'm adding a modifier to to you know for their for their, their standard deviation. Like grappling heavy fighters are going to score more in decision wins than a, you know a, a KO artist, a guy that, that doesn't do much. So it has to account for that somehow and then i run it see what the scores are right and i try to make it as wide as possible because i think a lot of like if you're going by median projection in mma i th- you i think you should just throw it out i mean that that's 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 how little i think uh, uh, projections normal distribution oriented projections are in mma that if you see a normal distribution projection for any fighter like just threat you it's useless I think it's literally useless. I can just throw it out. But I feel very similarly in PGA as well. The golfers don't have two normal distributions any, anywhere close to normal distributions of their outcomes. So like we can see here, it's like, oh, Shevchenko, her median is 91. Here's the Choi is 71, 73. These distributions don't look normal at all. Della Madalena has a median of 58. Does he score 58? I mean, like, None of, these, none of these fighters score these points. You're going to see a heavy, heavily bimodal, wobbly, very wobbly, not barely even bimodal. You'll see bumps and humps and tails, right? is going to have a long tail in the top, very short in the, in the beginning. She doesn't score. She rarely scores zero to five points. You'll see Whaley. Whaley may have the most normal distribution or Joanna like that fight is the most normally distributed fight and that's not even normally distributed so I mean that's that's the problem I find with projections in MMA and on top of it the fight data you're using very small sample sizes and prone and prone to overfitting so I, I, I find that projecting MMA across the entire industry uh, is very very flawed is it better than nothing? Sure, yes. But I think I'd much rather go by, by betting lines. Like, if we going to go by betting lines and then maybe use the medium projection as a, like a small, like, okay, just to have like the win probabilities and something in there, I could see that. So like, I do use the median projections from three different sources, but only to basically stabilize the range of all the prices of fighters. It doesn't count for that much obviously fighters that, but on average, more expensive fighters win more often. and typically they have higher inside the distance odds. right? So most likely I'm not going to find a $7200 fighter that's going to rate out as the highest rated play on the slate better than, than high price fighters. They don't win as often.. So I'm much more likely to go by by betting lines than by median projections that are normally distributed. If you could make projections with the fight data, that aren't normally distributive, then you're, you're you're more, you're you're closer, you're you're closer to 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 what it should be. But even then, I think there's so much noise and so much not missed context in fight data, that like look, look at Jacob Malkoon, for instance. Past first fight gets deaded by Phil Haas. Like get zero points. I mean he lost in 18 seconds, to Phil Hawes, Got knocked out. In the past two fights. Uh, who he fight? Uh, he fought Dobson recently. Then before that, oh, a uh, uh, Razak who basically has no no ground game. So Malcun just goes and just spams takedowns. but he doesn't do much. He does. He's not. He's not really a threat to on the feet, and he's really not that much of a submit. He's not really that much of a submission threat. He is a submission threat on the ground. It's just that he doesn't have much power on the ground, so he just holds you down. So, like, the past two fights, he's gotten, what, six and eight takedowns and just lays on top of you pretty much and stalls. Doesn't really do much because he could he could easily be controlled by the... He could easily be reversed, that type of thing. So, he just did that for two fights. And he scored 117, 131 in those two fights and de- decision wins. But that's those are the only three fights we have on, date on it. That's it. You have one fight where he he's got zero points, landed nothing, got knocked out in 18 seconds. The other two fights he just laid on top of people. And one and two two people that aren't that aren't grapplers. Right? Dobson's a big guy. But Al Razaka's Alassane. once you take him down, he doesn't do anything on the ground. So like how much how do you regress that? Tell me how you regress that. Three fights worth of data. I don't know how you can is Malcoon going to take Allen down? Well, I mean, that's that's his path to victory, if anything. He's not going to survive on the feet. Is he going to have success against Brendan Allen? He's not going to have as much success as he did against Razak Al Hassan. Al- Probably not even as much as he had against Dobson. Allen actually can wrestle. So, like, yeah, he could spam takedowns and get nothing. Right? Or he could try and get reversed. Or Allen just knocks him the hell out. Malcoon comes in for a takedown. A couple of takedowns, doesn't get him, comes in for, you know, his fourth attempt, gets uppercut, kneed or whatever, and gets knocked out. And you're sitting there and Malcoon is sitting there with, uh, you know, three points or something. And you're like, well, based on the past two fights, his range of outcomes, he has a really high ceiling. And like, how could you, how could you take away from that in, in two fights? With different context, this is not fighting Al razak Halasan. You know, you're not fighting him. That's the point about all these projections: is that you know, extrapolating, extrapolating, a, 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 a simulating ten thousand outcomes with three fights worth of data, where you have matchup issues. I don't, I, don't, I can't see how that's not flawed. It's something sure, but it's flawed. Like look at Della Maddalena. You look at his last fight; he scored what, 115 or something? Knockdown, knockout, first round. That was his, That's his only UFC fight. Now, if you go back to previous to that, he's not a grappler, right? He stands on his feet, and he's a prospect. Yes, he's only plus 265 to win inside the distance, and he's a good money line for his price at 8200. But if he's going to be like 30% owned, I mean, against Emyev, like what's the ceiling of this fight? But his median projection looks good, right? So you're like, oh, well, he's a good median projection. Like, well, what's the chances of him putting up 100 100 plus points? I don't know. Other than a first round knockout, but it's not like Emyev is, he's durable. And Emmy is going to go for takedowns and stall the fight and clinch and whatever. So if Madalena doesn't get anything in the first round, he's dead. But he's going to be high-owned. At least Steve Garcia wrestles a bunch. So you could get some, you can, there's a nice, there's ways to get points. You get 25 points around three times and you're good. But like Della Madalena, like we take a look at Della Madalena versus someone else. I mean, like, Versus Kyung Ho Kang, like these mediums aren't close, but they're two totally different styles of fighters. And the data they have in the in the back are against different guys. Data from even even people that have uh, you know fought twelve UFC fights. Well, some of those fights are from eight years ago. And then sometimes you look and it's like okay, they, they have twelve fights, and ten out of the twelve fights are against. Were are against fighters that ended up being cut from the UFC. Then some other guy has twelve fights, and ten of their fights are against people that are title contenders or champions. And you look, and it's like, oh, he has eight out of twelve losses in his past twelve. Yeah, he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting for titles. He's fighting the top two guys in the division. This other person has ten fights, and eight of them are against people that aren't even in the UFC anymore. So how do you take that data and you go, okay, now I can make a, a range of outcomes between these two fighters, and it ha- have it not be noisy. So these normally distributive style projections for MMA are absurdly flawed in my opinion. I'd, much, I'd, I'd, I'd be more likely to optimize based on inside the distance probability than by a median projection. Of course, the flaw in that is that you're going to miss out on grappling heavy fighters that go to decision, right? So like Jake Matthews, for, the, for one, one instance, plus 405 inside the distance. Not very good, right? But Fialio, I mean, he's not known for, he has no ground game. You could probably take Fialio down and keep him down. Now, Fialio on the feet could light him up. Right. Jake Matthews he get, could get hurt really bad on the feet. But if Matthews gets the fight to the ground at 7,700, Matthews could score 100 points, could, could legitimately score 100 points in a decision win. Fiallio, the way to score 100 points is he needs a knockout in the first round, pretty much. Maybe the second round. He's not going to get grappling points. He's not going to get it. He's just getting striking points. So like these medians, it's like, yeah, Fialio has a median of 65 in our projections. Matthews has a median of 46. He has a 46 because a lot of outcomes are him getting five points because he got knocked out in the first round. He missed, he didn't get a takedown he gets killed in the first round. And then that's a lot of Fialio's outcomes. If he kills uh, Matthews in the first round, he has a lot of 100, 110 point scores. If he doesn't get him out in the first round, he has a lot more 70s, 75s or losses or he, or he ends up with, with 18 points and a loss and Matthews ends up with 98 points. So like you're looking at like mediums, like you we're not talking about scores that even exist in these ranges. Liang Na, 55 medium. Like in what world does she score? 50? Yeah, she'll score 55 in a loss possibly, in a decision loss. Yang Na doesn't score fifty-five in a win. That median doesn't mean anything. It's a bimodal outcome. That that median there's not much in that bucket in that range. So to 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 use these median projections as a way of just going, you no know, okay, I'm going to go here. Let's see. Let's uh, we got everyone up here and just go. Okay, let me compare. Like do do what we 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 do for for others like NBA. I'm going to build twenty lineups with our current ownership projections right? Let's say I'm going to build 20 lineups. I'm going to get rid of the player groups, right? Let me disable this. Build rules one or whatever. Like, you know, build 20. Let's see, let's just build 20 based on median projection and obviously not stacking the fight, okay? So the top projected lineup is Shevchenko, Jerry, Garcia, Kang, Nah, Pascal, obviously this lineup is going to be duped so it's not necessarily i would want to want to play it but like out of these 20 lineups to do that exercise of like okay i'm looking to play i'm looking to play three lineups right in single entry or something and go okay 200 at 403 well this is a little bit higher owned and has a lower projection so let's get rid of it right get rid of this we need to be 200 183 okay can we beat 183 right we go by this 183 Anything in the top 20, 183.30. Well, like we could have used that one for anything better than 183. That may be the best lineup in the top 20. So let's get rid of all them below. Right. So we'd say that, oh, this lineup for their projection, I'm saving 17 points in ownership and two points in projection. But then you look at this lineup it's Shevchenko, Jerry, Allen, Na, Pasquale. Joanna, this is going to be duped. Uh, just, you're not going to play this anyway, right? So let's say we set we set a, an ownership number. Let's say, let me show you the top 20 lineups that are, have a max lineup ownership of 160, right? It's kind of how we think in terms of like NBA or even MLB. And go, okay, compared to the projection, this median projection, 160, 159, 159, get rid of that. 156, anything that could be 156? Because as we're going down, we should have a lower a lower ownership, right? We sacrifice rejection, we should have a lower ownership. 156, 157, 154, 158. Can we be 151, 151? 144, 148. So we'd look here and go, okay, what about these lines? Okay, a little bit less duplication. Probably do it's a fifty thousand lineup on an eleven fight card. This is probably duped more than five times anyway. So you have to consider that on top of anything. But if we go down and you go, oh, okay, well I'm going to play these lines. This one's three hundred and seventy three projection, one forty four percent ownership. It's Jiri Edwards, Gomez Juarez, Dana Emiev, Joanna, much less owned. Okay, so I I don't mind this. But it's like this projection number doesn't mean anything. Like, great. Joselyn Edwards has a 66 point median projection. If I told you that I could guarantee you that Edwards has 90 points, would you take it? No. You're probably not going to win with 90 points at 8,700. So who cares what the median is? She's more likely, like, Edwards is more likely to score 70 to 80 points more so than. Than Gomez Juarez, more so than than Fialio, truthfully. Like Edwards, or Whaley, or so like up, like over here, like Whaley Li and Edwards on this slate are going to be low owned in this range, low enough. I mean, not like two percent owned. They'll probably be around maybe sixteen to twenty in this range. The problem with Whaley and Edwards is that these are like the lowest ceiling fights. Most likely going the distance and most likely not going to, not going to be grappling. So barring a first round knockout, like, yes, if if you, if you want to have the best chance of getting like 75 points in your lineup, Whaley and Edwards are fine, which is represented in their median projection, but their median projection is much more normal. Right. Their projection is more normally just it's not, it's still bimodal, but it's still there's a lot more outcomes closer to their median. There's a lot more outcomes between, you know, 45 and 50 and 80, right? 50 and a loss, 80 and a win for Wiley and Edwards. But you don't care about either result. You don't want results in that near there. You want results that, you know, you take a look at, uh, at Silvana Gomez Juarez. And you're like, well, look at Gomez Juarez. She has a meeting of 65. Edwards meeting 66. Wei Lee meeting 65. But they're all about the same. But Gomez Juarez's projection range of outcomes is much wider, right? Wei Lee and Edwards, 50 to 80. A lot more bulk of outcomes in that 50 to 80. Well, Silvana Gomez Juarez has a lot more 100-point outcomes and 20-point outcomes but the middle ground is still 65. So like, if you just go by median projections, you'll you'll miss that. Silvana gomez Juarez has a higher standard deviation based on how the, how the betting lines of the fights, plus 180 inside the distance, Lina is plus 160. This, this, this women's fight, the second fight on the, on the card, Low-level women's MMA has about the same odds of finishing inside the distance as the main event between Jerry Prochaska and Glover Teixeira, which is going to be a fast fight, okay? So the second most likely fight to get a finish is this low-level women's MMA fight, which is very odd for a slate. But that means that, like, these median projections, like, the the if you want to go by just a, a concept, the... More, the the higher the odds are that the fight goes to decision, the more narrow the outcomes are. The more likely the fight doesn't go to decision, the wider the range of outcomes, right? One guy scores a lot of points, the other guy scores very little because the fight ends quick. Fight goes three rounds, like Swaley-Yuana fight is the most likely to go the distance in three rounds. So that 50 to 80, especially when neither of them, Whaley may implement some takedowns, but I, I doubt it. Ioana has great t- takedown defense. So yeah, barring a first round knockout, the, the range of, the range of, the bulk of the range of outcomes are going to be between 50 and 80. And in GPP, what do I care about those? I don't, do I, yeah, maybe I could, 80 at, for the underdog. Hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe that could be optimal maybe but definitely not for the favorite that's why in the expert survey i said way is gonna is the one that i'm gonna have the least of. and even jocelyn edwards the only difference between way lee and edwards is that way lee is facing joanna your y- y- J check J-, J check however you pronounce it and jocelyn edwards is facing ramona pasquale who's hard so it's more, it's more likely. I mean, if Yoselin Edwards plus 320, Pasquale plus 405, like if anyone is going to get finished in the first round, I, I could see, I could see the Edwards-Pascal fight being shorter. But neither fight I'm looking to target all that much. But just based on the inside the distance lines, that's not, the median projection is going to look the same. Fialio has the same median projection. Steve Garcia has about the same median projection. Steve Garcia is 66. These, these but drastically different inside the distance lines. So yes, the median is 65, but not a bulk of the outcomes aren't around the median. The bulk of the outcomes are over here. It just happens that 65 is the middle of these sets of outcomes. There's just one long way of saying the median projections't don't, don't worry about. It. Kickstart would averaging their ceiling projection and median projection on line of HQ maybe give you more of an idea who has a more realistic chance of getting over 100 points. No, because the whole range of outcomes is normally distributed. Like going by ceiling. Like, look, if we go by ceiling, I'm going to switch over to the ceiling projections. And it's not just, it's not just roto grinders. This is, all, this is how projections are done throughout the entire industry. So look, the, here are here, the ceiling projections. Yes, Wiley and Edwards are, are, are lower, right? But some of these are just laughable because they're still normally distributed. Like they're not that dramatically different, but they should be dramatically different. Jack Della Maddalena at 106 doesn't, if, if we say the ceiling projection is like the 80th percentile outcome, I'm not sure how many, how many past 20 percentile outcomes is 106. I think it's much, much smaller than that because these aren't normal distributions. So these ceiling projections are still normal, part of a normal distribution curve. So it's not just median projections, it's also the ceiling projections. The, the, the distribution of outcomes for Zhang Wei Li and Jerry Prashaska are dramatically different. Dramatically, all you know, just Waylee and Silvana Gomez Juarez in this fight. And it's also in this fight. It's not just her. If Silvana Gomez Juarez was facing Ramona Pasquale, she'd have a different range of outcomes. But she's facing Liang Na, who's a very aggressive, grappling, you know, one rounder bust submission type. So it depends on the fight. Della Dele- Madalena versus a different opponent may have a different range of outcomes. Fialio and Matthews, if Fialio was facing another striker again, Fialio would have a much better, much higher upside range of outcomes. Like, so the matchup matters. So like, that's why these normal distributions, they just, it, that's why it, I don't really, I use them as a, as a stabilizing method for the pricing. But other than that, I don't care that much about them. I care about how often do they score 100 plus points. That That's it. I don't care what they're, 80 points doesn't do anything for me. How often, how often did these fighters score 100 plus? No matter what their price is. I don't care. Oh, 6,600. She gets a 65. I don't care. So this is the reason why I set up my sheet this way. But if I would care about anything, yes, it would be a ceiling projection. But the ceiling projection should be dramatically different from fighter to fighter. Like, you don't even want to see, you don't even want an 80th percentile. You want a, you want a, how often do they get a fifth, like, like, what is that? Like, you want almost a probability, not an actual number. How often do they score at least 100 points in a simulation that is not normally distributed? No, no projections do that. And the most correlative metric to 100 plus point scores. Are, are, are the ITd lines I know they're not perfect but they're the are they are they are more correlative than anything that I've I could find of any metric of any fight data mixing anything I can together simulate've I've, I've seen other people's sims. and that's those fight data simulations don't don't come you just go by go buy a 50 plus slate sample and plot. Inside the distance versus 100 plus point scores, it's scores, it has the highest R out of anything that I could find. So in the long run, I don't see why, why I'm not using them. Rather than trying to simulate fights, punch by punch or something. There's just so much, var- like there's just so much insane variance. There's 10 times more variance in MMA than there is in PGA. And PGA, there's a ton of variance. There may be more variance in MMA than there is in MLB. And that's a ton of variance. I don't think a lot of these projections take that into account. Much, much higher variance. Especially with the smaller sample sizes. Oh, you got three fights worth of data. Yeah, yeah, I could could regress that. Get out of here. Get out of here. But now it's time for you to get out of here. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got shows later today for baseball right? MLB Grinders live with Dean and the guys. we got Roth update all the, I don't know what's going on with weather today in baseball, but he'll update you on that in crunch time. Uh, If you want more on MMA, uh, go subscribe to Roto Grinders premium, all, all of the MMA content other than what you've just seen right now is, uh, is for premium members only. You get the, the ground and pound podcast with me, Mike, H3 Buddha, Liam, Liam picks fights. We did a two hour breakdown with DFS strategy Bet, uh, Liam goes over some betting stuff. Mike throws his, his, his uh, opinions in. It's a, it's a, it's a good watch. Good. Listen, you mostly should listen, listen to the RG app or something. Uh, then we got the uh, Mike's breakdowns. It's Reboot's breakdown, got the expert survey, uh squirrel patrol. Maybe, maybe, maybe we will have a contrarian take article. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not tied in the loop. A lot of times on the pay-per-view cards, he does one a little article on that so if you want all that and also you want to be part of uh my 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 discord right the roto grinders discord i have my own channel it's called blenders game theory right we just talk about dfs strategy in there and i also do coaching calls so the next coaching call on zoom where you can just get on zoom and talk with me with whatever the hell you want uh live audio video whatever is uh sunday sunday afternoon so sunday afternoon at 3 p.m eastern so if you subscribe to Roto-Grinders Premium by clicking on the link in the description, getting $10 off your first month, you can take part in that. I post a link five minutes before. We get like 10, a lot of times it's 10 to 15 people on Zoom. It's like, anyone got anything they want to discuss? And I get one-on-one, it's one-on-one coaching in a group setting. And I do that typically three or four times a month now. So join that, join the Discord Uh hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door and, uh, and well, good, good. Don't dupe me, right? Good luck in MMA, but don't dupe me. And I'll see you back on Monday answering your DFS strategy questions. Like I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.